Hallelujah. What a wonderful evening to be in the house of the Lord and to feel His presence. So thankful for what God is doing, the great revival, the harvest, people being baptized in Jesus' name, people receiving the Holy Ghost, people getting married, people coming to prayer meeting, people, people throwing their burdens on the altar. Amen. People burying hatchets. How do you like that? That's what you call revival. Amen. Praise God. Well, I'm going to preach uh, what I started to preach Sunday morning. The Lord uh, kind of took me, not in left field, but just kind of hovered around uh, where I started in the beginning. And Sunday night, or Sunday afternoon, the Lord began to deal with me again about the same thing. And I thought, well, surely I'll finish it tonight. And then the Lord had his way and there was no preaching and all week long the Lord's been dealing with me from the same subject and all I can tell you is there's somebody that needs to hear this tonight amen matter of fact I'm you know sometimes uh, see I grew up in a big family and I didn't know what leftovers was because we ate everything that was on the table we ate every every bowl every pan we ate everything I didn't know what a leftover was and then I started dating this beautiful little woman she's somewhere Anyway, I went to her house, and I thought, why do they have so many Cool Whip bows in the refrigerator? They must really like Cool Whip or something. So, I didn't know what a leftover was. But anyway, what makes a leftover good is when you uh, take the leftover and you put a few more little ingredients and spice it up and, and add a few things to it and heat it up. And, and I pray that God will, will do that tonight, and God will speak to his people. And uh, I'm just... I'm excited for what God's doing. I'm excited that yesterday ABC Block dropped off about 1,200 blocks. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Got um, strings pulled. Got the building squared off. Me and Brother Gene burnt about 2,000 calories each. Running back and forth. Finally got it right. And uh, blocks are there, and uh, sand is there, and mortar is there. And uh, Monday morning, Brother Nathan Martin will be there laying blocks. So we're excited about that. I can tell you that 15 years ago, 10, 15, 20, all during that time when I built houses, it costed a dollar a block to lay 8-inch blocks was just the little baby ones, you know. And so uh, Nathan was there today, and we was talking a little bit. And we got 12-inch blocks, concrete, not the little fake stuff that they use sometimes, a little lightweight. These are real concrete 12-inch big blocks. <clears throat> years ago, years ago, they charged about $1.75 a block, $2 a block to lay them. And I was thinking in my mind, we're going to end up with 4,000 blocks. So I was trying to figure out what it was going to cost us. And today he said, I'm going to do my best to just do it for a dollar a block for these big 12. So (laughs) praise God. He said, just take the money and put it somewhere else in the building. So anyway, the Lord just keeps opening doors. Blessing is coming and going. Amen. And I'm the... I'm the contractor, and the reason I'm the contractor is because I'm free. (laughs) 
Amen. We I saved you 25% right there. Amen. Praise God. May not sound like much, 25%, but when you're building a million or two million dollar building, that's a lot of money. So anyway, uh, you know, while we're out there working hard, if God moves upon you to, you know, bring chili or bologna sandwiches or iced tea, hold the sugar, please. You're welcome to help. Anything, anything people can do to help, we're all in this together. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah, years ago, I'll just, while I got you standing, I might as well tell you some years ago stories. Years ago, I got the best deal on concrete there was for finishing. It was 50 cents a foot on uh, houses. And, and anyway, I haven't built a house in quite a few years. Well, I built one. But, but anyway, um, I was thinking, I wonder how close I can get to 50 cents. So uh, I think Brother Zach got me a real good quote for like 85 cents a foot. When you're talking about 10,000 feet, that's a lot of money. And so I, um, I called this, uh, I call him a kid because he's my age and he's been my concrete guy since I was a kid building houses and he was a kid and he was finishing concrete. So I called him, I said, man, uh, what, what could you uh, do the concrete for on this building? You know, Jesus is looking for a special. And so anyway, he said, uh, I think it was somewhere around 70 cents, 75 cents, which was a lot better than 85. And I said, well, I don't really like that. And he said, well, what do you want? And I said, well, <laughs> I want to pay 50 cents like we used to do back in the day, bro. <laughs> but anyway, he said, man, you used, to, you used to build houses in my neighborhood. Now you're 70 miles away. Anyway, at the end of the day, I talked him down to 57 cents a foot. And God just keeps blessing over and over and over and over. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you, they're charging over a dollar. I've heard a dollar fifty per foot, and we're getting it for a third of that. So I'm working hard for you. I hope you know that. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Well, I'm going to work different right now. You got your Bible? Let's reopen them to Acts 24 and 24. And I'm also wanting to read, Brother Daniel, 2 Corinthians 6, verse 1 and 2. 2 Corinthians 6, 1 and 2. But let's begin with Acts 24 and verse 24 and 25. And after certain days, when Felix came with his wife, Drusilla, which was a Jewess, he sent for Paul and heard him concerning the faith in Christ. And as he reasoned of righteousness, temperance, and judgment to come, Felix trembled. Everybody say he trembled. And he answered, Go thy way for this time when I have a convenient season. A convenient season. I will call for thee. 2 Corinthians 6 and 1. We then as workers together with him beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. I hope you don't take it in vain what God does in your life. When you got the Holy Ghost, when he... When he called you, don't, don't ever take it for granted or take it in vain what God, the mercy of God. For he saith, talking about God says, I have heard thee in a time accepted. God said, I heard you in an acceptable time. 
And in the day of salvation have I succured thee. That means helped thee. Behold, now, everybody say now. Now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Praise God. Everybody say it's today. It's today. But Felix said, go thy way. For when I have a convenient season, I will call for thee. Amen. And I want to preach for just a little while, Lord willing, if you'll help me, that it will never be convenient. Amen. Set your Bibles down. Lift your hands to the Lord. Lift your voices to the Lord. Amen. Let's ask God to help us right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on, prayer warriors. Help me pray right now. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Come on, I feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I feel the power of the Holy Ghost in this house. Hallelujah. God, help us tonight. Strengthen us tonight. Show us tonight. Mold us tonight. Make us tonight, God, what you want us to be. Come on, why don't everybody clap your hands to the Lord together. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. Thank you for standing. Amen. So thankful to see Sister Charlene Stroud in church and her sister Debbie Haney. God bless them. Amen. God made them able to be here. And everyone else, our prayers are for all those that are not here and those that are sick. We're traveling, working, and maybe even a few skipping. Who knows? Amen. Praise God. Pray for everybody. Thank the Lord. Everybody say it will never be convenient. When Felix is talking, he said come at a specific time or a, come when it is a convenient season. And Paul, when he's writing in Corinthians, he says, I, God said, I heard thee in a time accepted. Amen. An accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Amen. I, I preached for just a little bit Sunday morning that this time is not uh, like 8, 12. It's not talking about a specific point on your watch or a specific point on the timeline. But this accepted time is kairos, which means it is a season. Everybody say a season. Amen. The Bible talks about a season or a time of the Gentiles. And let me tell you something. It will not always be like it is right now where you've got the opportunity to come into the church and lift up your hands and cry and reach for God and reach for mercy. Let me tell you, if you don't get the Holy Ghost and you don't get your sins remitted, there's a day coming real soon where the times of the Gentiles will be over. I said it will be over. Amen. The Bible, the Bible talks about uh, the reason that the Gentiles have taken Jerusalem. They're, they're in control of it. It's because God has allowed this to be the time of the Gentiles. And when you go to the old city tonight, if you went, uh, it's the United Nations, which is the Gentiles. And they have segregated the old city of Jerusalem. And it it's the spookiest city you've ever been in in your life. It's the most tense place you've ever been in your life. It's like everybody hates everybody. It feels like something is going to break out in a fight or something any minute. And so that's why the Jews have been given a little third of it and the Christians, which they're not Christians like we're Christians, 
have been given a third of it and the Muslims have been given a third of it. A little control. You know why? Because everybody wants to control Jerusalem. (laughs) Amen. Why does the world want Jerusalem? Because that is the city that God put his hand upon. It's called the city of David in this Bible. And God gave it to the children of Israel when they come up out of Egypt. And it was an inheritance given by God. And so we know that the Jews, they owned Jerusalem. They had control over Jerusalem until they began to back up on the word of God. Well, they were the proud owners of Jerusalem until they backed up on believing and acting and fulfilling the word of God. Let me tell you, Whatever you got today is yours because God has allowed you to have it. If he's given you a good marriage, it's because he's pleased with you. When you got a house, it's because God gave it to you. If you got a car, it's because God gave it to you. If you got children, it's because God gave them to you. But don't think you'll always have everything you got and live like the devil. Because God's got his hand on the valve and he can turn it on or he can shut it off. Hey, I want the favor of God. I'm not here to play church. I'm here to get the favor of God upon my life. Hallelujah. Everybody clap your hands right now. Hallelujah. Amen. In order to understand the things of God, you got to understand the seasons of God. Amen. God works in seasons. He, he put our earth, the Bible says it will not, as long as the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat. Everybody say cold and heat. Everybody say summer and winter. Amen. Did he, did he act like there was four seasons? Praise God. Well, you, I'm not trying to stump your theology, but God, God didn't promise you a beautiful spring and a wonderful fall he said when you live in this life there's going to be cold days and there's going to be hot days he, he didn't oh yeah some people get mixed up about what living for God is all about it, some people think your life is supposed to be absolutely perfect and you'll never have a troubled time or a trial or, or the fire let me tell you God didn't promise that it would be easy He didn't promise it would be smooth sailing all the time. What he promised was, I'll be with you. He promised I'll never leave you nor forsake you, but I'll go with you through the cold days and through the hot days, through the trials, through open. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. God will walk into the operating room with you. He'll go through chemo with you. Uh, he'll go through radiation with you. He'll go. Uh, let me tell you, if you got God with you, you got God with you, you're good. Oh, somebody did this and served me. Now I got to go to court. It's all right. You won't go by yourself. 
Well, the doctor said, I got to go back. They, they seen something they didn't like. What am I going to do? You're going to get Jesus, and you're going to go back to your apartment. And you're going to sit down with faith and a smile on your face, and they're going to say, what's wrong with you? And you're going to say, I got the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. What's wrong with you? That's what the world wants to know. What's wrong with, with, with all these Holy Ghost filled people? Why, why are they the happy ones? Why are they not worried? Why are we not worried about inflation? Because we're not part of God's. Are we part or are we not? Whose economy are you a part of? Oh, I'm going to preach to this church. Don't you know if they pass this law, we're going to be messed up? Don't you know God's got the king's heart in his hand? The Bible said he turns it with us whoever he wants to, like the river. When you see a river that runs like this, just think about God's got the heart. Man, I need the judge to rule something good on my favor. No, you just need a prayer means all you need. Man, I need the doctor to make sure he gets all this stuff right. No, you need God to smile on you. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord right now. Hallelujah. Amen, it's very important that you learn seasons. When I got sidetracked Sunday morning, I, I don't think I did. I think the Holy Ghost sidetracked me. I'm talking about the season when you're sowing. You've you got to know when it's seed time and harvest time. Man, I, I got to talking about these children. You, we only have a little bit of time to sow into them. And the harvest comes so fast. And you turn around, you, you know, they're like two or three or four or five. And you turn around, they're 17. And they're 18. And then they're 30. And then you're thinking, my, my. And you realize what a short period of time you had to invest into them. Amen. But it's not just that. You, you, you invest. There's seed times in every part of your life. And, amen. We got newlyweds all back in there right now. You know, it's kind of, and some want to be. Amen. <laughs> some, some in, yeah, some close and some on the way. Some praying about it. Amen. Praise God. And, and, and when they, when you get married, you know, if, if you go home and you slap them the first night, praise God. Amen. That's not really the seed that you want to sow. Because when you sow that seed, it always grows up into something big. Yeah, and then you might get slapped back. Praise God. Amen. But, but there, every facet of your life, you, you, you're sowing, there's a seed time, and then there's a little space and then there's a harvest time. I watch people start businesses and, and, and you, you, can't, you can't start a business working eight hours a day. Well, amen. You, you, you can't start businesses on 40 hour week. You, you got to go when you got to go and you just got to make things happen and you got to put your life into it. And you, and you just, of course, you got to have a balance and you got to put God first and all that. And I, but I, that's not what I'm talking about right now. I'm talking about their, their seed time in business and careers and, and all these lawyers that are ripping people off. 
You, you know what? They went to school to do that. <laughs> There's a rip-off school in Little Rock. I drive by it sometimes. It's a big thing. But, but they, they sowed into their own life. Four years, seven years, or whatever. And these doctors that are ripping people off. And, I mean, it was surgery, 15,000 for 15 minutes. What on earth? How, how does that happen? You know, you know what? A, a long time ago, they went to another rip-off school. It's a different one, not the same one. Amen. But, but they, they sowed into their own minds and careers and lives. And then they, they get the harvest. That's why you can't hate them for charging you 15000 for 15 seconds of work because you, you could have went to school like they did. You could have pulled your own splinter out of your finger, you know, or gave your own self a stitch. But anyway, I, I'm just preaching for just a minute, and then, then we're going to have fun. In all your life, there's seed time in everything, in, in marriages and kids and careers and lives and money and school and all these things. And then, then there's a harvest. And finances, there's seed time. And you know, when you're young and you, you get your paycheck, if you spend it all on um, Gucci shoes and Gucci belts. And, yeah. Here's God. The reason I'm preaching is because I, I, th- I didn't see any when I walked in. Amen. I get, got my belt from uh, Atwoods. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Praise God. If I could afford a Gucci, I'm still going to go to Atwoods and get a Ariat. Man, they're a lot better anyway. Praise God. But, but when you start, and it's like, you, you know, it's like this spirit comes on people, and they want to compete with everybody and, and buy stuff they can't afford to impress people that don't even like them, really, probably, if truth be was told, you know. And then it, when it should have been seed time and you should have been, you know, just paying your bills and, and, and trying to uh, put 500 down on, on some, uh, another lot in town or a little house somewhere or, or doing something constructive and people. And, and the one that's sowing seeds, financial seeds, and he's doing right and, he, and he's eating peanut butter and jelly and rice and beans and beans and rice and everybody else is going to Texas Roadhouse and eating filet mignons and, but, but he's eating peanut butter and jelly and he's, and he's trying to buy and he's trying to pay his cars off and, He's buying a little lot over here and he found something over there. And all of a sudden he's sowing and he's sowing and he's sowing and he's sowing. And just a few years, he's reaping. Amen. And the one that is at Texas Roadhouse, now they can't afford to go to Roadhouse because the credit card's maxed out. And now they're eating peanut butter and jelly. And the guy... Boy, I don't know if y'all like this. But, but, but the guy that spent his money buying lots and houses and, and investing in things that make sense. And now, he, he's just living off the interest. He's buying filet mignons. And it, ain't, it ain't even touching his principle. And, and the one that used to go to the roadhouse, but now he's eating rice and beans, is mad at the one that's going to the roadhouse now. And they're saying, it just seems like they always get the advantage. I'm just the money victim. No, there's a plan. I said there's a plan. First of all, let me, let me just, I'll just give you a wonderful piece of advice. Of all the people that you could rob in this world, the one that you don't want to rob is God. 
Amen. Because he is the one that has the power to give wealth, is what the Bible said. And if he's got the power to give you wealth, he's your friend. I heard people say, well, I just can't afford to pay my tithes. So I tell them I can't afford not to. Because if my little deal gets turned upside down and starts going in reverse, I'd be in trouble. Well, praise God. Boy, this is good preaching right here. You got to learn seasons. You got to learn seasons. You got to learn when it's seed time. And you can't wait till harvest time. And then, you know, it's why you can't wait till a child is 18 to try to teach them how to sit down and be quiet. If you do that, then I'll be preaching to them one time a month at Tucker. We go and they get their own white suit and they got a number right here. And there's a guy in a blue suit with a cowboy hat on. And he says, sit down. And they sit down. Well, praise God. What happened? Somebody missed the seed time. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. But that ain't what I come to preach about. This is what I come to preach about. There's also a season that you can touch God. There's a season. There's a window. There's a space of opportunity that God will hear the prayers of people. Oh, help me, Jesus. Praise God. Sounds like it's really getting quiet in the house right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. Paul was incarcerated, not because of why all the people I go see are incarcerated. He was incarcerated for preaching the gospel. And while he was incarcerated, he was brought before the governor, Felix. Kind of reminded me of a funny story. There was this guy one time. I went to preach at the prison. There was a guy. He was in the free world. He was in the van with me. He was from a church that I used to go to. <laughs> he was riding with me with a bunch of people. Well, it was my night to preach. So I had studied up and had me some notes. I was fixing to preach. And right before we went in, this guy said, hey, if you ain't got it, I got it. I said, well, we'll see if I got it or not. I don't know. So anyway, I preached. and I guess it was good service. I got us kicked out for a few years. <laughs> but anyway... When I went back, after a couple of years, you know, because you're not, back then, the Lord has really blessed us. Back then, you weren't allowed to preach doctrine. It was, it was you had to preach, I don't know, like Joel Osteen, I guess. And I always struggled with that. But anyway, I, I preached, I'll never forget, buy the truth and sell it not. And I, the Holy Ghost came on me and I began to speak with other tongues and the Holy Ghost fell on people. Well, the chaplain said you was trying to teach people how to speak in tongues, so they kicked the whole church out of the prison and let us go back for two or three years. But anyway, what I was going to talk about was when I went back, that guy that was wanting to preach that night, he had his own white suit on. <laughs> he had his own number. And I thought, what on earth? He said, ain't it amazing how the Lord works? He said... I always wanted a prison ministry, and God just opened the door. And I'm thinking, no, Paul, it wasn't God opened that door. You opened that door. But anyway, I, I, 
I really got sidetracked. But anyway, Paul was incarcerated for preaching the gospel. And here he is in front of a man named Felix, the governor. And he begins to preach. And the Bible said he reasoned of, everybody say righteousness. He reasoned of temperance. Everybody say temperance. And, and judgment to come. Now I've read this a bunch of times, but it never really sunk in like it did the other day because what Paul began to preach to Felix about was when the Bible says righteousness, it means what it's going to take to be right. Praise God. You, you know what we need in our day? We need preaching to tell us, to show us how to be right. Praise God. We, well, hallelujah. Praise God. The flesh does not like preaching about righteousness. Well, hallelujah. Paul began to preach about temperance. You know what that means? Self-control. He preached what it's going to take to be right. And he began to preach about self-control. The funny thing is, Felix is sitting beside his third wife named Drusilla. And I just got a feeling the governor, he didn't marry the third woman because the first two ran off because they didn't like him. I got a feeling he was kind of like a governor we used to have a long time ago in the state of Arkansas. Yeah. You say, well, you can't call him a moral. Oh, yeah, I can because the next verse said he was hoping to get money so he could release him. You know what that means? He was looking for a bribe, which means he was rotten to the core. So he's sitting there with his third wife, which I can, you can just imagine how he ended up with that one. And he's a con artist. He's a cheater and a liar and a, a politician kind of like some we got. And Paul walks up and begins to preach what it's going to take to get right. We're not talking about preaching to the choir. We're talking about preaching to Felix. And he preaches about righteousness. Felix, you can't be a worthless bribing, immoral, you're going to have to repent. Felix, you're going to have to turn into a totally different person. Well, that ain't, you can be seated. You see what that kind of preaching does? It ain't happy preaching, is it? It is for me. Because I'm, I'm, I'm ready and wanting to go to heaven. So he's sitting there and we know what Felix is and we know what Paul is. And he starts preaching all this stuff you're going to have to do to become right. And then he starts preaching temperance. Paul, Felix, you're going to have to get a little self-control. <laughs> well, hallelujah. I, I don't know how he ended up with three wives. It may, he may have just screamed at the first one. And she left scared. Maybe with the second one. But somehow the Holy Ghost always knows where we're living. Have you ever, well, maybe you have. You, you may have never preached a message where they said, why, why were you 
owe me so much. And why was you, was there nobody else there you could preach to? We don't know. Just, there's 150 people in this room right now. All we can do is preach what the Holy Ghost lays up on our heart. Amen. But the Holy Ghost knows. And he begins to preach. You're going to have to get right. You're going to have to learn some self-control, Felix. And it ain't like he could have just said, well, whatever. Because then he started preaching about the judgment that was going to come. See, it... <laughs> You know, a lot of people, you can preach against sin and they think, well, I don't have to. But that's not the end of it. Because if you don't line up, there's a judgment coming. And he began to preach about the judgment. What happens to people that slap their first two wives and steal somebody else's wife to get their third wife. And then he starts talking about where people like that spend eternity. And when he, I can just imagine when he started talking about the flames of hell, he might have said, do you think it was worth all that, Felix? Do you think it's worth having a potty mouth? Do you think it's worth being a smart aleck and hating everybody to burn for eternity, Felix? The Bible said he began to reason with him, which means I, I feel like he was asking him some questions. Felix, do you think it would be worth you, you going on and being a, a politician that's immoral and crooked? Do you think it would be worth that to spend eternity in hell? Because then the Bible says Felix begins to tremble. Oh, yeah. I've been there. I grew up where Sister Agnes Holmes preached on Friday nights or whenever she got good and ready. She'd go, and she'd start saying, I see the worms in hell, and they're crawling in now, the people. I've seen a vision, and I've seen people screaming. I've seen the rich man saying, Lazarus, I remember all of it. You, you know, maybe we need a whole lot more of it. It ain't about 74 years on this world and you do whatever you want and then it's over and we all go do whatever we want to do. I'm telling you, our, our life is like a vapor. You know what a vapor is? It's like on a cold morning when you breathe and it just... Whew, you see it for a second and then what happens? It's gone. Why? Because it had a season like... And the season ended. So after hearing the greatest preacher that ever preached the gospel, the Apostle Paul, Felix says, uh, I need you to leave the room. Must be nice to be the governor, huh? Hey Amen. If you don't like it, you got to walk out. <laughs> Praise God. But Felix said, you need to go. You, you, I've heard all this I want to hear. I'll, I'll call you back when it gets convenient for me, when there's a convenient season. But the problem is, there will never be a convenient season. He was too busy. He was enjoying his sinful life too much. 
I've read the Bible from the front to back. I've searched for him. I've looked for him in different books. I've never seen where Felix had an opportunity to go back to church. He didn't recognize that that was his season. I began to read what Jesus talked about Jerusalem in Luke the 19th chapter. The last time when he's coming into Jerusalem, the Bible said he came near and he beheld the city and wept over it, saying, If thou hadst known, even thou, at least in this thy day, the things which belong unto thy peace. But now they are hid from thine eyes. For the day shall come upon thee that thine enemies shall cast a trench about thee and compass thee round and keep thee in on every side and shall lay thee even with the ground and thy children within thee and they shall not leave in thee one stone upon another because, everybody say because, because thou knewest not the time of thy visitation. Let me tell you something. If there's anything you need to know in this life is that you are in a season of your life where God will hear you right now. Praise God. I've been praying, God, if you're through with somebody, don't let them come to church tonight. I don't want them to hear what I'm going to preach. I would say you're blessed to be here right now. You are in a season of your life where God will hear your cry. The Bible talks about the children of Issachar. What was so precious about the children of Issachar is because they understood the times and the things that they needed to do in that time. Well, praise God. Let me tell you about the flesh. The flesh will never let you do what God wants you to do. Well, hallelujah. Praise God. Did you know there's people all over the world that are listening to our services? Amen. They're online. I, I, I had to leave uh, right after prayer meeting Monday night. There was a family in California, very nice Hispanic couple that, kids they got the Holy Ghost and, and been baptized in Jesus name and they uh, they're just he, he said he said I was going backwards and, and I was it's like I couldn't get nothing in church I was going back to my old ways and he said uh, I was praying in my truck he drives a truck and he, he said I was praying God give me something to listen to give me something give, give me something to keep me connected to you and he said, I opened up the, my phone and I went to Spotify. And, and he said, and Calvary Radio began to play. And he said, we started listening to it. And he said, I realized that there was a pastor at Calvary that would tell it like it was. He said, I don't want the easy way. Have you ever heard that? He said, I don't want the easy way. I want the right way. And if you got to. Praise God. I said that to say this. 
There's people everywhere that are looking for truth. Hey Amen. We are in a season. I hope you understand that God is wanting to fill people with the Holy Ghost. Amen. We are in a season right now that God is wanting people to sow seeds. And, amen. But I'm going to tell you, the flesh will not let you sow seed. I am so thankful today, I could almost cry, that I was raised in a church where I had a pastor that didn't say, Joel Mochi, just, hey, if it feels good, just do it, man. Just. You know, just love everybody, be kind, do whatever, just watch whatever, drink whatever, smoke whatever. Just make sure you pay your tithes and make sure you come to church. And, and we're having communion at the end of the year. Make sure you do that. And, and it's your best life. No, you know what he would say? If you let the flesh drive the bus, you're going to split hell wide open. But you got to take your flesh by the nap of the neck and say flesh you're not going to send me to hell you're going to go to church whether you like it or not come on somebody needs to pray with me right now the flesh will always have an excuse in every season, not to do what it's supposed to do. Well, hallelujah. It will never be convenient. We got people that live in walking distance of this church. And guess what? It's not convenient for them to come pray. Well, we got people that could walk to church. And the devil would love to fill up their schedule. And their flesh would say, your pinky toe hurts. Oh, yeah. Praise God. Praise God. How, how, do, you, how, do, you, how do you get a prayer life? Let me tell you how. You tell your flesh, get behind me. Let me tell you, I, I, didn't, I didn't start living for God for convenience. Well, I did not start this journey for convenience. I wasn't looking for a closer church to the house. I was looking for somewhere where I could be saved. It ain't convenient to get up and go to church every day and pray. It ain't convenient on Wednesday night after you worked all day to get dressed and go to church and you're tired. I'm going to tell you, it'll never be convenient. Uh -uh. I heard this a bunch of times. Well, I'm going to go to church when I get a, I just need to get a few things worked out. Yeah. You'll never get it worked out. Only God can work it out. Only God. Well, praise the Lord. Well, it's just, I'm 
tell you, it's not very convenient to pay your tithes either. Hallelujah. You can be seated. It's not convenient to give an offering. Peanut butter and jelly is high. Everything's high. Gas is high. $75 at Walmart to fill up with gas today. There's this beautiful sticker right there. The president said, I did this. He said, that's why I ain't going to vote for you next time. Or ever. Ever, ever. I might have voted for him last time, but not on purpose. <laughs> Praise God. Maybe voted for him in Arizona. Who knows? We all may have. Hallelujah. It's not convenient. Gas is high. Groceries high. Electricity's high. It'd be a lot easier to just turn the air off and turn it on on Sunday morning at 1030 and turn it off at 12 and kick everybody out and lock the door and get a $45 electric bill instead of a 400 or 700 or whatever. It's just not very convenient to come to church. It's not very convenient to live a holy life. Well, hallelujah. It's not very convenient when somebody chews you out to walk away. Somebody cusses you out. It's not very convenient to say, God bless you. Praise God. It's not very convenient to, to rule your house. Hallelujah. Boy, it's sure getting quiet now. I got any men in here or is this a ladies' conference tonight? I thought maybe I was preaching a ladies' conference. It's not very convenient to Say, no, we're not going to have that in this house. It's not very convenient to be the leader where, where you, got, you got to go to prayer meeting before you can tell people. In your house, they ought to be praying. It's not very convenient when you're the leader to tell people, you don't need to be listening to that new, new age rock when you're listening to that old age rock. <laughs> well, it's just the oldies. You know, they played at Mr. Whiskers. That's why I'm thinking about giving some earplugs when I go over next time. So, well, it's just not very convenient to live for God. It's not very convenient to sit there and listen to somebody holler for an hour. That's why I'm not hollering right now so you don't say that. I'm being real soft. It's just sure inconvenient to have to have white shirts. You ain't got to have a white shirt, but I got to have a white shirt. And to iron stuff and you know, have like day clothes and night clothes and church clothes and play clothes. It's just not very convenient. You have to have dress shoes that are brown and black and a brown belt and a black belt. It's just, I wonder why we all, all come in here with our beach shorts and tank tops and just kind of, you know, like to do it all the other. It's just not very convenient to do it like we do it. Yeah, and it'll never be convenient. And you wonder why every church in our world is twice dead plucked up by the roots and they're dying more every day that's why churches used to be full and now they're they're empty you wonder why you can't find a pew at this church it's because there's a lot of people ain't worried about convenience they're worried about making heaven their home come on lift your hands to the Lord together Man, give me about five more minutes. I know it ain't convenient, but it's be all right. 
I'll tell you what, it's not very convenient to have to apologize when you've done wrong. It ain't very convenient to have to say I'm sorry when you raised your voice and said something you should have said. Well, hallelujah. It's amazing how some people hurt other people and then they try to act like nothing happened and they're all big buddies and stuff. Amen. That may be your method, but that ain't the biblical method. The Bible says you come to this altar and you, your brother has all against you. What do you do? You leave your gift at this altar. You go and you make it right and then you come back. What is the Bible trying to Well, that's just not very convenient to have to go track down everybody ever made mad. <laughs> I'm making people mad right now. Praise God. It's just, just a lot of stuff. The Bible says if somebody compels you to go one mile, the Bible says go two. That's just not... It's not very convenient. I have to walk two miles, especially in dress shoes. It's just not. I'm telling you, church, if you listen to the flesh or you listen to the devil, you'll do nothing that God wants you to do. If you wait for a convenient season to start a prayer life, You'll never start a prayer life. If you wait for a convenient season to try to open up this word and begin to study it, you'll never open the word of God. Well, I just ain't got time to deal with these kids right now. I'm tired. I'll I'll deal with them Saturday. Yeah. You won't deal with them Saturday. Let me tell you, there's things in our world that when it's time to sow, you need to sow right then. I just, I'm just, I, I got to stop. But anyway, Lord help me. I had this, I had two children a year apart. Actually, my wife had them. But, and then like 10 years later, we wanted one more. We had this. Wonderful child, Matthew. And anyway, you know, like all children are different. Like the first two, I, I might have whipped them one time. But like every time I went to church, when Matthew was like this big, we would have to leave the sanctuary for a minute. And I'd have to bust his little tail it's because he, he just had a different nature than the other two. Well, if I'd have said, oh, I just, I'm, I'm not going to fight a kid. They'll just, they'll just be what they're going to be. Let me tell you, I, I don't care if they're aggressive or they're passive or they're aggravating or they're quiet. You have to learn how to deal with them. Well, and here's the, why do I keep getting on kids? It must be God. Let me tell you something. If you'll correct them when they're like this, 
I, I got a feeling he never remembers one time me carrying him out of that church and wearing him out. As far, probably as far as he can remember, I've been a perfect dad. <laughs> but if you wait till they're 100 pounds and you want to drag them out. Well, hallelujah. Man, this is good. I wish it was 6.45 right now instead of 8.45. And I just feel like, I just feel like my kids turned out pretty good. I mean, I don't, I, I ain't had to whoop him in I don't know how long. Long, long time. Because you know what? When he was a 20-pounder, he figured out, I was a boss, and I was president, and there's a vice president right there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine having a 100-pound vice president? Terrified. <laughs> I'm going to tell one on Darren real fast since he ain't here. He skipped church tonight. But anyway, he was like 16 that time you popped him a good one. Anyway, he was 15, 16, 17. He was cool, I promise you. He was the stuff. He was walking into church one night. He started off to her. Boy, she popped him. I'm telling you, it educated him. <laughs> he thought, I don't want no more of that. I promise you. Anyway, I, I think it helped him. <laughs> Praise God. I think it helped him. I got three kids full of the Holy Ghost. and love, They all love the Lord. Stand up. I, I, I didn't mean to preach about kids again, I promise. I was, I was going to preach about that trembling. I'll tell you what makes me tremble is to think we could raise our kids and they wouldn't know who God was. They get 21 and marry into the world, not know who God is. Our grandkids not know who God is. That's what makes me tremble. I want to do what I'm supposed to do right now. Come on, in the name of Jesus, lift your hands to the Lord together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Halamokota namaha shanamaha. Hanamaha yalamohosi. There's somebody's in the season where you need to get the Holy Ghost before it's too late. There's other people, you're in the season where you need to fix your marriage before it's too late. There's other people, you need to put the Word of God in your babies before it's too late. Come on, I wish everybody in this house would come to this front. I'm telling you, it's seed time for everybody. It don't matter if you're a hundred or one. There's something we're supposed to be doing right now. There's things we need to be working on right now. Some people, you just need to get closer to God. Some people, you need to get more committed. 
Some people, you need to get more faithful. Some people, you need to get more kind-hearted. You need to get rid of your mean spirit. Some people, you need to build a prayer life before it's too late. Some people, you need to clean out your house before it's too late. Some people, you need to get a new wardrobe before it gets too late. Some people, you need to make dedications before it's too late. I don't know what it is that God's dealing with you about, but I know it's a season that we got to win. Come on, church, we're in a season where we can't fail. Come on, we can't let this moment pass by. In the name of Jesus Christ. I wish some prayer warriors would just begin to cry out to Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, just cry out to the Lord right now. Come on, you're in a very special time in your life. Very important moments in everybody's life. Come on, we can't fail in this season. you join up with somebody for just a few moments around you. Pray together with somebody. Come on, we all can grow. We all can grow today. your heart to him I'm not going to wait for a convenient season I'm going to do it God I'm going to pray like I've never prayed 
I'm going to be a true worshiper. Oh, I'm going to lay down the things of this world. I'm going to make commitments to you. Lift your hands to the Lord together. Let's thank Him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say one more thing and I'm going to let you go. Amen. Don't ever let the devil trick you into hating the season you're in. Don't let him trick you into trying to pray away the season or wish away the season. You know what you ought to pray? God, I want to be the best I can be. Because everybody, the Bible says, don't despise your youth. Some people, kids, think I can't do nothing. Oh, you can. Older people think I can't do anything. Oh, you can. People raising kids think I can't do anything. Oh, yeah, you can. Oh, yeah, you can. We can all do something for God. Amen. Don't, don't, don't live your life hating where you're at and what you're doing. Find the joy in wherever you're at. Let God do something beautiful. Amen. You know the only thing worse than mean young people? Is mean old people. You know what? I, I like happy people. I like happy kids. Happy teenagers. Happy newlyweds. Happy wannabe newlyweds. Happy grandmas. Happy grandpas. Thank you, Jesus. Help us, God. Help us, God. Help us, God. I'm telling you, there's a work for everybody. The, the Bible, they honored the white hair. Did you know that? In the Bible, it was an honor to have white hair. That's a good reason to preach against dyeing your hair. It was an honor. You looked up to people like that. I mean, don't, well, I'm I'm done, but almost. The world wants to take seven-year-olds and try to make them look like they're 30. Take 70-year-olds and try to make them look like they're 30. Let's just get happy. Thank God. Let's thank God. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Lord.
We love you, Jesus. We praise you. We thank you. You've been wonderful to us, God.